Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. I hope everyone's not going too stir-crazy being homebound due to COVID-19 precautions. And I'm praying for each of you and your family members that you're staying healthy during this challenging time. Welcome back to Coffee with Carrie podcast. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. We're currently doing a 10-part series entitled The 10 Essentials to Homeschooling. You know, hikers, campers, and travelers, they always pack 10 particular things for any adventure that they go on. In this series, we're going to talk about the 10 essentials to homeschooling, so you not only enjoy this homeschooling journey, but the adventure is God-honoring, Christ-centered, and Spirit-filled. It's our prayer that our website, our consulting, and now our podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one coffee at a time. Trust me, you'll definitely need the caffeine. My favorite coffee mug says, all I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. And ain't that the truth? In our first episode, we discussed the first essential. A hiker always has his map and compass. A homeschooling mom should always have her compass, which is her mission statement, and her map, which is God's word. Today, we're going to talk about that second essential. Campers will tell you to make sure you have trail food in your backpack. It's hard to think focus, or get things done when you're hungry. You know, one of our mom night outs this year was based on the TV show Survival. Everyone brought something that they thought they could not survive homeschooling without. We had all kinds of great stuff, but the hit of the party was one of our moms brought a Costco cases full of granola bars, fruit snacks, and crackers. It was a hit because it's so true. We can't homeschool without the snacks. Well, when all else fails, you feed them. You bribe them with snacks. You give them brain food when math lessons turn into crying sessions. They don't call mac and cheese comfort food for nothing. Just look in any mom's purse. It'll be filled with hand sanitizer, Kleenex, essential oils, and of course, loads and loads of snacks. You know, I can get pretty hangry when I skip a meal. I've also noticed, so can my kids. So as obvious as it sounds, The second essential to homeschooling revolves around food. I used to tease my kids and tell them that Jesus must be part Italian because all important decisions, celebrations, teachings, reminders, discipline, and even reconciliations were done while breaking bread with Jesus and his followers. Growing up, anything and everything that needed to be discussed was done at the dinner table. That's just how Italians do it. If I was in trouble... I found out about it at dinner. If there was good news or bad news, we were told at dinner. Some of my mom's best ranting and raving took place at dinner time. In the Gospel of John, chapter 6, we're given a glimpse into the typical week of Jesus. Jesus healed hundreds of people, including raising a young girl from the dead and healing a lady from a lifetime illness. He expelled demons. He calmed literal storms. He dealt with in-house arguments between his disciples as to who Jesus loved more and who was better. He was traveling back and forth in between towns, and somehow he taught his disciples whatever he was doing and wherever he was. It kind of sounds like our weeks. We're healing broken hearts and disappointments. We are literal nurses sometimes when our kids are jumping out of trees or skateboarding down hills. We expel demons. Come on. You know if you have a child or two who seems to be possessed at times. We calm them down, we talk them off the cliff, 
Sometimes we peel them off the floor in aisle three of the grocery if necessary. We calm tensions between siblings. We're taking care of our in-laws or our parents who are living with us. We have messes to deal with after playtime and school time. And sometimes, who am I kidding most of the time, it looks like a literal tornado hit our living room at times. Before this current COVID-19 epidemic, we were traveling all over town too, one freeway to the next, going to soccer practice, hockey, dance, co-op classes. And nestled in the middle of all of that, we were trying to teach our kiddos. Chapter 6 just records one typical day for Jesus. Then, when Jesus retreated to Bathsheba for a little peace and quiet, the crowds found him. They wanted him, and they needed him, and they were desperately hungry. So what does Jesus tell his disciples to do? He calmly says, give them something to eat. I could just see the looks on their faces, too, when the disciples said, what? They were tired, too, but staring at them were thousands of hungry faces. There were thousands of mouths to feed. Not only were they tired, but they were broke, too. They didn't have enough energy or money to feed these people. Yet after a crazy day, Jesus simply instructed them, give them something to eat. We know Jesus was planning to feed them both physically and spiritually. And we know from experience, people, especially little peeps and teens, they listen better and understand more when their physical needs are met first. A hungry kid is a cranky kid. Nothing's going to get done if their primary needs are not met first. So Jesus instructs us, just like the disciples, give them something to eat. We address feeding our children's souls in Essentials number 1. Now, we're going to talk about feeding their tummies in homeschooling essential number two. Essential number one was Bible time. Essential number two is meal time. We need to be intentional about having family meal time. You would think as homeschoolers this would be a given. We're together 24-7. How do you not eat as a family? But in today's crazy world and our crazy schedules, even homeschoolers have a hard time carving out time to eat as a family. Now that COVID-19 has pushed the pause button, this is a great opportunity to catch up on some of those family meal times. When our kids were younger, our one big meal together as a family was dinner time. It was a priority. Friends were always welcome to join us, but we ate together. We even planned our schedules to make sure we were home together for family. Then when the kids got older, my daughter spent three to four hours at the dance studio almost every night and then had musical rehearsals in between. It got harder and harder to carve out time to eat together as a family. Since my hubby works from home and we homeschool, we changed our family meal time to lunch instead during these years. Meals don't have to be fancy either. It's the tradition of breaking bread together that leaves a lasting impression. It's what counts. It's what they remember. It's what they want when they come home from college or when they come back home with their own kids. Sally Clarkson writes in her blog that she has tea time every Sunday. It's a tradition and her kids expect it and love it. My mom always had a big pot of meatballs and spaghetti on the stove or pot roast on the table every Sunday. When I eat pot roast today, it comforts me. It reminds me of home and of home cooked meals and cooking together and breaking bread together. So how do we do all of this cooking and prepping for meal time 
on top of everything else we need to do as homeschooling moms without losing our minds. Well, let's look at the practical side of making sure essential number two, mealtime, is a part of our homeschooling. Let's face it, we're in the kitchen all the time. Everyone's home, so that's three meals a day, snacks in between, and cleanup for all of this. The best gift you can give your kids and your future daughter and son-in-law is to teach your kids to cook and to start this when they're very young. Teach your kids how to make a simple PB&J sandwich or cinnamon toast. A little older, teach them how to cook pasta or rice or how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Any kid can be taught how to microwave a few baked potatoes. When they're older, teach them how to make homemade burgers instead of fast food and how to grill up some healthy sides. And divvy up the cooking. Assign each kid a day of the week and a meal. And you can do this even when they're very young. When my kids were younger, they each had a day of the week and a meal to cook. But you can't be picky and you can't be type A about this. Just be prepared to have cucumber sandwiches and sliced apples every Monday for lunch if your daughter's in charge, or cinnamon toast every Thursday for dinner if your son is. When the kids are cooking, it's one less thing for you to do. Bigger families have a better advantage. They have more kids to spread the wealth. For breakfast, when they're older, they can make their own. They can make a bowl of cereal, frozen waffles. You can teach them how to scramble up some eggs. This is all doable once you teach them how to safely do it. Treat them every now and then with homemade French toast or cook together something fabulous. And make sure you divvy up the cleanup too. Our house rule is whoever cooks doesn't clean. The cook always gets a break from cleaning. Actually, this is my favorite rule for obvious reasons. In Christy Clover's book, Moms, Master Organizers of Mayhem, she has some really great ideas too. And then there's the dinners. The best way to do this is with meal prep. Spend one day a week cooking and freezing multiple meals for those crazy days. Now that we're spending a lot of time at home, this is a great time to get some meals cooked and frozen. You can give them to a friend when they're sick or when they have a new baby. You can give it to an elderly neighbor who might be quarantined right now. An older child can easily take out for you and put in the oven one of the frozen dinners if you're stuck in traffic. One-pot wonders are great, too. Crock-pots and Instapots are my BFFs. Plan ahead. It helps with the budget, too, when you buy in bulk. Okay, so those snacks. We mentioned them earlier. It was part of the essentials for a hiker to have trail food. It seems like all we hear all day long is, I'm hungry. One of the things I did when the kids were younger that saved my sanity was creating child-proof cabinets. I don't mean locks on the doors. I arranged the bottom cabinets so the hangry kid could get himself a snack. They always seem to be starving when you're right in the middle of helping another kid with fractions or their violin lessons or their grammar work. First, I went to the dollar store and I bought a bunch of kid-friendly, safe plastic dishes and cups. Then I put them in one of my bottom cabinets so even the little ones could reach them. So if they were thirsty, no problem, they could reach the cups. They were hungry, no problem, they could reach the plates. If it's their turn to cook, no problem, they could reach the bowls. I also cleared out two drawers in the cabinet that were easy to reach 
and turned them into our snack drawers. I did the same with two of the drawers in the refrigerator. Then I filled the drawers up with kid-friendly, mom-approved snacks. When my kids were younger, I even bought the smaller milk cartons so they could pour their own milk. So between the two snack drawers in the kitchen, the lower drawer in the refrigerator, and a bowl of fruit that was easily acceptable, the hungry kid could feed herself and maybe even her younger brother while I finished something I was doing. As homeschooling moms, we spend so much time in the kitchen, why not make it easier for ourselves and for everyone else? Essential number two, meal time, is almost as important as essential number one, Bible time. We need to make sure we feed their hearts, minds, souls, and tummies. Breaking bread together is a fabulous and easy way to do it. Thanks for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at Coffee with Carrie blog, which is coffeewithcarrie.org. And we also have daily devotionals and homeschool tips at our Instagram site at Coffee with Carrie Consultant. If you heard something you like, then share our podcast or our Instagram and website with a friend who might need some encouragement right now or with someone who might be homeschooling for the first time this month. We hope you can join us next time as we talk about our homeschooling essential number three. In the meantime, remember our God is a mighty and powerful God. He's in complete and total control, and His peace surpasses all understanding. We're praying for you too. Stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.